Maker Minds, episode number five. Hey, hey, and hello, hello, and welcome to the Make a Mind Show. I'm Abby. And I'm Jerry. And we are excited to be hanging out with the Steve Dietz, president of Creative Director, well, the president and creative director of 900 Pounds of Creative. And that is a company based out of Dallas that specializes in creating extraordinary connections between technology, people, and brands. So in other words, they're amazing at creating virtually um, interactive, awesome stuff. So thank you for squeezing us into your busy schedule. But also, we're just very thankful that you brought your amazing mother to be here, Mama Dietz, because she's also um, just a blessing to this world. So thank you for just both making it here today. <laughs> thank you, thank you. It's good to be back home in Abilene, Texas. So there you go. <laughs> um, do you have anything that you want to add to that introduction about your personal life or medical records? <laughs> you know, the usual. <laughs> Police records. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we heard about that earlier. Do yes. you have anything that you kind of want to share with us? I have a lot of history in Abilene, Texas. Like I mentioned, I did get arrested in high school for graffiti, which is a very interesting story. <laughs> I. Definitely uh, was an interesting kid growing up, and I brought my mom here to attest to that. <laughs> so, uh, no, I always enjoyed coming out to Abilene and, and, and getting away from the big city and the hustle and bustle, and it's nice to decompress and get out of here. I get out here every two months or so, so I love my mom and my brother and my family, and so it's good to be out here. Well, it's good to have you guys here. Boom. Come visit us. <laughs> yes. So let's kick off this interview, if it's good with you guys, with the question, when was your first entrepreneurial experience? Was that in first grade, creating animal crackers, or I mean, what what was that? So I was always an artistic kid, and uh, I, uh, I drew posters in small 8.5 by 11 with marker, uh, little posters uh, in fifth grade. I believe I was playing soccer at the time, and after soccer practice, I'd come home, draw these little posters on 8.5 by 11 sheets. I'd go to school the next the next day, and I was in Miss Malone's class, and I would basically sell these drawings for about 50 cents a piece. And there was a couple of weeks where I generated a lot more than my allowance. And so this artistic vision of mine, it, I had my own markets of what catered to the guys and what created to the girls. And I, uh, I, I basically got busted by my fifth grade teacher, and they said, you need to give all the money back. And and so I quit my little art business at that point. But at that, I got the you know entrepreneurial spirit, you know, and and so that was an interesting story. So there's a lot of those growing up, but that was one that, that popped in my head. Was uh, the cash flow pretty steady then? <laughs> uh, how did that look? <laughs> cash flow was a good supplement and it complemented my uh, allowance very well for a short period of time. I wish I would say I put that in some you know maybe some early Apple stock back I know. in the uh, mid '80s, but I did not. I mean, woulda, coulda, shoulda, but now you're here, you did something right. There you go. Thankful to be here. Yeah, thanks again for being here. So you said earlier how now is just such a great time to start a business, but I know when you said that, I thought about other people who've talked about, well, government has so many hoops you have to jump through, and what what left is there to invent? So many people have invented so many services and products. Like, I, I didn't really think that now was a great time, but why, why do you say that now is like a really great time to start a business or a corporation? I think there's more and more venture capital floating around out there for interesting ideas, a lot more angel investors, a lot more people that want to be in on these garage type of, you know, companies that are built and grown so quickly. I mean, we've seen a very big difference in the Fortune 500 over the last few years and that will continue to change. But 
it's because of technology. I mean, people finding new ways to utilize the smartphone that's glued to your your rear end or in your purse every single day uh, of the week. And, and, you know, being that all, we're always connected and then the growth of the internet and social media. And I mean, there's just so many tools now that we didn't have at our disposal 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And those tools are cost effective. It's all about how we use them. Virtual reality headsets, you know, augmented reality on your smartphone, interactive touch panels and tables and, and projection, you know, different things like that. But, so many technology sensors are affordable. Um, Google Loon, and they're they're putting small satellites up in the in up in space that are mapping the world right now. Very incredible program. Where years ago those were hundreds of thousands of dollars to put, I mean millions of dollars to put a satellite in space, and they're doing it for like a thousand or two. Insane. So balloons <laughs> with mini satellites that just run around. You know, so. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. it's an exciting time, and I feel like people need to just keep their mind open and think big. Yeah. When you're looking to hire candidates, what would you say is more important, their IQ or their EQ? We've harvested some great talent on our team just because of drive and passion and having an understanding of, of yourself and how much you want to learn. And, and I think that talent, there's a some some good stuff in people's DNA that resembles drive or, or motivation yeah. or um, you know, leadership or, or thought leadership, but I think it comes down to someone who's got a hunger for learning. They fit well in our environment because every week is different at 900 pounds, and that's a good thing um, because let's say at a big agency, you could be siloed and working on one brand, one product in that within that umbrella for a year. Well, in our company, you get to work on two or three over a few week period and get your hands in different types of parts and components of those projects. So, for us, I, I always look for that 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 DNA of learning and having that right attitude where you can bring the best out of somebody. And have you always had that? Or are you lacking that now? My mom's here <laughs> sitting next to me. Uh, I think she would definitely uh, uh, say that, uh, yeah, I've always had it. I, I think I've been a driven person from day one and always been a person who tries hard where whatever I'm doing. Um, and I think that's important. But that's my own, you know, what drives me and my strength but I'm complimented by strengths and my weaknesses all over the office so I think it's really really important to work as a team and yeah I'm very driven that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> so how important would you say passion is to you to your business and your personal life I think it's very transparent to clients I feel like they they gravitate towards that because corporate America can can run pretty slow with all of its processes and procedures and sometimes red tape and and that's okay in our environment, we're pretty fast and furious. So for me, I, uh, I think passion is huge and I'm a very passionate person and we've got an office of passion. So uh, and it's just important to find out what you are passionate about as a person and then the sky's the limit when that happens. Yeah. Who would you say is that avatar or that ideal customer for 900 pounds? Someone who wants to be innovative and is able to take some calculated risks and understands that technology is our tool and we have to learn to apply it. Um, you know, innovation is the key mantra in every organization these days and everybody's trying to keep up. So we're that complementary special forces unit of okay. creativity and, and, uh, a small agile nimble agency that's growing a lot. And so the ideal candidate is we have a very diverse range of, of clients in many industries. And, and I like that, but, uh, we take our time in the beginning as a discovery phase to get really acclimated with their, their services or their products. And uh, that's part of the fun for us. Yeah, what gave you that incentive to just continue to innovate? I mean, you see a lot of 
multi-billion dollar companies, they stay the same. They're stagnant. I mean, look at Blockbuster and Kodak. I mean, ancient civilizations now, but they grew complacent, and that's what happened. They did. They did. I think you, you constantly have to stay on top of the latest trends and do the R&D and think strategically, and things are happening and moving quickly. You're going to fail sometimes, but those are hopefully small obstacles that you can overcome and work together as a team to do so. But yeah, there's many, many industries that have come and gone, so you have to stay ahead of the curve. Like you said, Uber, what that did to the taxi industry or what, you know, Airbnb has done to, you know, the hotel industry. I mean, these companies have come in and they're major disruptors. And so I think companies always have to be cognizant of that. So you mentioned earlier about um, just being creative in all aspects in your business and how your even your culture, so your work environment is creative by having graffiti on the walls that you did and then having a fireman pool. Like what what's your um, reasoning behind that? Have you just had like had a burning passion for fireman pools? Or what, <laughs> what, what is that? <laughs> well, we, we have a very unique space. Great question. We have a upstairs and a downstairs to our studio in Dallas and I'm sure our Houston office will be even, you know, more absurd in some ways and more of a, a think tank and a laboratory for ideas that, that meet business objectives. But I think being the special forces unit that we are, we have to have an environment that caters to that and that is fun and brings the best creative energy out of everyone. So culture is key and it's so important for us to have that. And uh, it's a place people enjoy coming to work at. And during stressful times, you know, we make the best of it. And it's a really dynamic, energetic office. Has there um, been studies, though, that you've read that made you want to have such a creative workplace? Or has it just been a personal experience that you're like, hey, I don't want that boring gray wall with the suit and tie every day? Like, was that your mindset with having that culture? Great question. Um, I think that, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of studies that environment and color and things like that and bring the best out of people. And then we create experiences. So a lot of times we're creating a room that needs to be uh, to a really great experience that maybe augments and complements a company's enterprise services or, or whatnot. And for us, we're a creative organization. We understand that we got to have a creative room that, that makes us the best we can be. And, and uh, it's, there's a lot of studies to it. I believe in collaboration. And so our top bottom and our bottom office upstairs and downstairs needed to be synergistic and needed to collaborate and communicate. So what better way than just to put a hole in the ceiling and bridge those <laughs> gaps yeah. and be able to communicate that way. Hopefully and of course, with some railing around it. So yeah. We have railing. We have a little gate type of thing. It's pretty fun. But yeah, the insurance companies, when they first heard about it, were like, okay, there's a reason why firemen's balls aren't in fire departments anymore. So we have really good padding on the bottom. Mm -hmm. You know how many pranksters who like oil up the Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> it's funny. It's, it's, a, it's a blast. But we've got two or three employees that drive more than an hour to get the office every day so I'm just appreciative of their energy and I think just such a cool space and a cool creative culture uh, brings the best out of people. Sounds like a place we at Maker Minds got to check out sometime. Boom. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> so earlier too you talked about like traveling and 24 mm. countries or something like that. Yeah a crazy amount um, just kind of be on the road doing your thing and getting out of context mm -hmm. so I thought about that from my perspective. I don't have a car. I'm kind of stuck in Abilene. <laughs> but, I mean, I try to get out. But mm -hmm. what are some tips on um, getting out of context for just yourself but also students here or mm -hmm. at any university? Well, you look at the world we live in nowadays, globalization. I think that we all can be appreciative and not take things for granted by seeing how the other 
side of the world, you know. I mean, we have problems that we might gripe about here in Abilene or Dallas or, or wherever, and these are, you know, first world problems. I mean, you go out to other places and you're like, man, I'm grateful and thankful for what I have, and sure, I could have more, and I'm going to strive and be driven to do that, but, you know, I think getting out of context just takes you out of the day-to-day, and what better way to be inspired uh, than seeing something or being in an environment that you've never seen before. I mean, when you get away from technology, like we said, being connected to the smartphone at all times, I mean, the creative juices just start flowing and it's, uh, it's like jet fuel for, for, uh, for creativity. It really is. And then no pun intended flying all over the place. But <laughs> yeah. so my girlfriend and I are going to stay in a hanging hotel on the side of the cliffs in Cusco, Peru. Uh, she's Peruvian. I've been to Peru twice. I hiked, hiked Machu Picchu. Uh, six years ago, and that was life-changing, being Indiana Jones, being up in the Incas and the mountains and, and for, you know, six days and not showering. And that stuff is kind <laughs> of, you know, crazy, but it's amazing to be disconnected for that long. And so like a, a hanging hotel that's, uh, you know, a pod that's on the side of a cliff that has bed and the toilet's like literally seven feet away. And obviously, I don't know where that plumbing goes, but yet. But There's just a hole at the bottom. <laughs> something like that. But those don't walk types, underneath. Yeah. <laughs> but can you imagine laying there? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Look yeah. out below. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Get connected with your environment. Yeah, right? right. Being one with nature, for sure. <laughs> but laying there under the stars, you know, with this open pod and seeing the stars overhead and looking down. And there's a, and it's just going to be amazing. And I've done the research on it. And those are the types of things that take me out of context. I think it's important for everyone. And it seems like it would just put you into perspective mm. that this world isn't about you and that you have a greater purpose than yourself. Great point. And this is a huge world of a lot of different thinkers. And, you know, it's it's so important that you be empathetic and understanding of that. And there's reasons why other cultures and people think the way they do. It's just like your office environment and every, every one of your team members thinks differently. You've got to figure out the way to bring them all together and, and uh, grow together as a team and, and meet the business mm. objectives and I was just curious, too, do you have a set time maybe throughout your week, like once a week you get out and go into the wilderness or just kind of detach yourself from society? Or is it kind of just whenever you feel like, hey, the stress level's getting high, I need to get away from everyone? I keep things pretty organic. That's a great question. I'm not the kind of person that lives on a li- very rigid schedule. I make time to work out three or four times a week at least, um, even if it's a 20-minute jog. Um, I like to work out instead of a treadmill. I'll go run around the lake, White Rock Lake or something in Dallas. It's beautiful scenery. I love audio books as much as I do regular books and podcasts and like this one. Hello. Hey. Boom. <laughs> but, you know, it's important that, uh, that you take time to disconnect, but I keep it pretty organic. I do go camping. I love the outdoors as much as I like technology. So that's a cool, unique thing. I think that it's important to get out in the middle of the woods and just do some thinking. Right on, brother. Is there anything that you've, like, adopted from another culture that you've implemented here in the U.S. that you feel it's given you an edge? Great question. I think there's a constant balance of being patient yet impatient. And I think that Western philosophy is very patient in the way they approach things. You know, like, you you look at something like The Art of War or something that's famous books like that that you, you know, there's a very strategic, patient way to do things. But then in an agile, nimble, innovative environment, you have to be impatient. You have to get stuff done quickly and stay on top of everything. So there's that constant balance of that. But I'm very respectful and open to just ways of being patient and being stoic. So I I also really like philosophy. I really love um, stoicism, famous for Seneca and Marcus Aurelius and people like that in history of of those times. And Marcus Aurelius lived in the most 
it was just a terrible time period, yet he made the best of it. He was so mentally tough. He could get through anything. A good book is The Obstacle is the Way, really good book I love that just talks about all those little obstacles and being stoic. But those those people who live in the Roman Empire um, or, you know, just that Western philosophy of, of the way, you know, battles are won, you know, it's kind of interesting. When you're looking for a mentor, what would you say is your ideal one? Is it one, I don't know, maybe some secret Navy SEAL agent or some business savvy <laughs> guy or just someone that meets certain traits that you want? Well, we all have our strengths and weaknesses. And for me, I don't have an MBA. And so I learned a lot the hard way. I've learned a lot through meetings and, and, and books and advisors and being in the trenches. So I think that, you know, having people around me, I'm very grateful for having people with bigger, a lot bigger brains than I'll ever have. So I lean on them for strategy and strategic thoughts. And um, I love my mentors and I love my team. And I'm always asking them what they think about these certain situations. And I might know where I want to go intuitively or where my gut tells me based on research or or whatnot, but I love to get other people's perspectives, and I believe that you're only as good as your team. So as far as advisors, they've come into our organization very organically, um, but they all have different strengths, and I'm very appreciative and thankful for that. So how did you end up seeking out the mentors, though? Did you go to them personally, through email? How, how does that work? I think being open to that happening organically is, is big because you're going to meet people through relationships throughout your life and being open to those opportunities and making sure something's a win for them. I mean, our advisors are, you know, 20 years older than me, some of them, and it's one of those things where they have a great appreciation for the cutting-edge technology that we use as our tools and, and the next big wave of, of very experiential, interactive uh, projects and initiatives. And so for them, it's something that they may not have been a part of in corporate America. And it's a new time period, so I think they really get jazzed up about what we do as a company, 900 Pounds of Creative, and it's a win-win for them. Have you ever been turned down, though, by trying to seek someone out and they're like, yeah, we don't want your creativeness? Like, That's a this, great question. Or have you just been, has it been a win-win always? Uh, it's not always been a win-win. I think, uh, you know, we can always try to approach Any embarrassing people, stories? You know, there are lots of embarrassing stories, but I think that... We got uh, time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't, we'll make time. Yeah. But, uh, no, lots of, uh, lots of interesting time periods and throughout I think a lot of it I've just been blessed because it's happened organically and I've been open to it but uh yeah I've written emails and popped calls to people that is just totally ignored me and there's nothing there and that's cool I mean they're busy and maybe they didn't understand what we have going on it wasn't the right synergy but don't let it get in your way it's just you know go move forward and find a, a better relationship or somebody who that you jive with better so keep um, on keeping on keep on trucking <laughs> keep on trucking you're a pretty savvy entrepreneur, so do you have any <laughs> any habits or rituals that... Not so sure about that. This yeah, we'll buddy up. Yeah, <laughs> so that contributed to to your success in your business life and maybe your personal life, like, I don't know, maybe 5 a.m. workout, 10-mile run, something like that. Or, Great question. Um, just finding what you're passionate about will help you succeed, and I think just going through life not having an ego, just know that you need help from people. You can't go it alone. So as far as my own recipes and, and whatnot, I mean, I've definitely got my own, you know, path and journey I've taken and some of which I don't recommend for everyone. <laughs> my mom's over here laughing, but, uh, you know, as far as my own, you know, way to go about things, I mean, I think we're all savvy in our own right and we've just got to learn our strengths and weaknesses and just build on our, on our strengths and, and be comfortable with yourself and know that you have, you know, 
you're confident in the ways you do things, but you need help in other ways. And delegate those weaknesses, right? <laughs> yeah, and trust in your team and delegate. And, and there's the famous book I referenced in our in our uh, talk earlier about the e-myth, you know, the entrepreneur myth is that, you know, you've got to give up creative control over the years. you got to learn to delegate and you can't be in control of everything. So when you trust others, you harvest the best out of them. And that's uh, gratifying to me. I'm proud of my team. How would you say you deal with, I mean, a personal ego? Everybody has one and some people obviously bigger than others. How do you cope with that? How do you stay humble about just life in general? I think that goes down to my mom and my dad and my family. I'm thankful. I've never really had a, you know, an ego in a lot of ways. It's just one of those things where, you know, I really don't know what they did. <laughs> mom, you're welcome to chime in, but it's, uh, Let's you know. Let's hear the truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just I've always been a good teammate in sports, and I've always been coachable, you know. Look up to the, the advisors I have are, are my coaches in a lot of ways. I'm my team's coach, and those advisors had coaches in their lives. So it's that trickle-down effect, and. And that's important. So knowing that you are never going to be the best at everything. And so you've always got to improve and always been a very driven individual. And so it's just that trickle down effect. I think just knowing that the best players on that football field have coaches that are more seasoned and experienced than them and, uh, and they respect them. And uh, so there you have it. So what are you most excited about today with your business, personal life, engagements on the way? <laughs> I'd love to know the details. Yeah, I'll be getting settled down soon, so that's pretty cool on the personal <laughs> side. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool stuff. I'm very thankful. I'm dating a really great girl. Uh, and she'll be listening to this podcast, and so will her family. Oh, but, spread uh, the word. No, they know what's up, so it's all good. <laughs> but uh, as far as what I'm jazzed up about, I just get pumped up about technology and, and creativity and how we can better help organizations be more innovative. And that's what I go to work every day to do. And, and I'm, I'm happy and thankful to see how far we can go as a team. The sky's the limit. So um, there's, no, there's no cap to it. And so I just get pumped up about everything. We're pumped for you. <clears throat> so do you have any game changer books or podcasts? I know you talked about the books earlier, but mm-hmm. any podcasts in particularly that have just, you know, put you over the edge in business and success? I really like Robert Greene. I think he's a fantastic author of the 48 Laws of Power, the 33 Laws of War. Um, he's fantastic the way he approaches, uh, you know, just the writing of his books and his podcasts and whatnot. I really like Timothy Ferris. I mean, he's big on productivity and, and interviews a lot of diverse people on his show. Um, Joe Rogan's even had a couple, he's a pretty wild guy, but he's had a couple of just fantastic speakers, uh, over the years on his podcast. I'm big on books, whether they're auditory or the audio versions on audible, but, or, or regular tangible books, but I'm a big, big reader. So books, I could go on and on with recommendations and, and I spread the word and recommend them all the time. Did you happen to read Failing Forward by John Maxwell? I haven't, but I read one of Maxwell's books, but that's a, a great thing that I always live by. You're always going to have failure. And mm-hmm. It's always going to happen, but you can't let those obstacles get in your way. You have to overcome them and move on and not dwell on the past. Because I know you touched on that, and I just read that book, and I was uh, like, wow, like the yeah. concepts that you talked about, I was like, that is spot on. Well, I'm going to add that to my list. I know. Yeah, talk there to me go. about some yeah. stuff. And we recommend <laughs> Maker Minds. I said woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, recommend. You heard it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are some of the ways you take care of your employees? Like, what are the morals and values at 900 pounds? Just being empathetic, knowing that your team, your team members think differently than you do and being open to that. But empathy is big. And I think that I think it's a trickling effect. I'm a pretty empathetic, giving person. And I think they ought, ought to be as well. And they always try to be that way. So it's important. Yeah, I think just being empathetic and being open minded and that's good teamwork. 
So what's the difference between <coughs> sympathetic and empathetic, though? Is there, like, a big difference between that? Because I know I hear those words a lot. That's together. a good I, I think they're very synergistic. I don't know. We could always look up real quick. Yeah, hey, yeah. live on there. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not exactly sure except that, you know, just putting yourself in their shoes and trying to be mm-hmm. understanding what they're going through as people or clients or organizations and, and being open to that. But that's empathy to me. And, and a lot of people get closed-minded along the journey in, in certain scenarios. So, yeah. Did you ever have something in your life that it just – like, okay, I want to go into this industry and I want to do this the rest of my life. Was there something that triggered that or was it gradual? It was gradual. I mean, I look at, I'm 39 years old and I, I was able to, you know, play on computers as a little kid when those first came out. And I've seen the progression of technology over the years and just being jazzed up on what the possibilities are as we, you know, in, as we transition into from the digital age to the experience age. Um, it's just more and more interactive experiences. How can we immerse someone and take them out of context? You know, like we talked about earlier with safety or training, you know, those are more practical applications of how to use something like virtual reality or augmented reality. And that's, that's big for me. I get pumped up about the new technologies. That's what jazzes me up. So just to wrap all this um, awesome hangout interview up, do you have any words of wisdom that you'd like to share with ourselves, the audience that you know, could contribute to our success later in life? I think just being open-minded, the world's your oyster, the sky's the limit. I mean, just stay inspired, find out what you're truly passionate about so you can overcome any obstacles, stay up all night working on, you know, whatever that project is with your team and just finding out what you're passionate about. Take some chances, take some calculated risks. Like we talked about, get out of context, but, uh, and, and just be thankful, be in the present moment but yet also think ahead and then balance impatience versus patience. Living with gratitude. Boom. Got very, it. Very <laughs> well, thank you so much, Mr. Dietz, with giving us the deets on your business. And we at Maker Minds wish you the very best with everything you do, <laughs> the engagement, the vacations, 900 pounds of creative. The floating it's, hotel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, you need some prayers for that. Just yeah. something. Let us know how that goes. Maybe you can let us know. No, but no, no. I bet everything will go great. So thank you so much for hanging <laughs> out with us and recommend us to your friends. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. It's been a fantastic time. So I'm thankful to be back home in Abilene and at ACU. And uh, it's been awesome. Sweet. We're yes. glad to have you. <laughs> thank you. That's a wrap, baby. <laughs>